I got a personal reason why this interview is one of the most exciting and interesting ones I've ever done. You're not going to want to miss this. This is the Franchise Pitfalls and Profit Show. Each week, we bring you the challenges and triumphs of being in the franchise development and consulting business. The things you need to make money faster. And now your host, one of the most successful franchise developers in North America, Don Shin. Hey, welcome, Ruth. Welcome, Ruth. Let me do a Ruth. Let me do a real quick introduction for the for the audience. Uh, Ruth Agbaji. If I think I think did I get that? All right, all right. Work hard on that. Uh, Ruth is a mother of two, uh, so she is wearing all kinds of hats for you, you moms, you working moms. I think you'll really relate to that. She is a self-taught coder, which just blows my mind. Um, she got her master's in computer science. Uh, she's worked with as a software engineer for some of the top tech giants, Microsoft to be one of them. She's got a passion for coding, and she's turned that into a franchise business where she is now teaching kids how to code, and she's helping kids connect with their inner genius. And I said in the little quick intro that this is really personal to me. Uh, my interview with you and, and what you do is really, really personal because 15, 20 years ago, my son was at a, a very informative age. He he we knew he wanted to be an engineer. He had the he was exhibiting those skills. We didn't know how to get him any help to to build uh, on on his interests. And so I'm so excited to hear about your uh, about your franchise. So uh, so let's get started, Ruth. Uh, just want to chat for a couple of minutes. Um, uh, really, just a kind of from the beginning, you've got such a great story. I'd love to hear uh, a little bit more about your story and then maybe lead that into why this turned into a business. You know, why didn't you just stay, uh, you know, stay working for the big guys? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, such a pleasure to to be here. Uh, let's see. When people ask me about my story, I'm like, okay. Where do I start? Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll summarize really quickly um, and just highlight some important points. Uh, I was born and raised in Nigeria. I came to the U.S. in 2010. I lived in the northern part of Nigeria where there was a lot of religious unrest. And that really was what began my search for a better life. Um, I just really wanted to get out of that situation. And giving the constraints that we had around education at that time, I knew that the, the degree that I was getting was not going to be my way out. And so I started to seek other ways to improve myself, seek other ways to show people that I was smart and that I could be something and, you know, do something really useful with my life. And that's kind of how coding, um, I started to learn how to how to code and very much like you my parents saw that I had the passion and they always tried their very best to be supportive of that you know my mom would share her laptop with me uh, when I was trying to learn how to code um, they would it was expensive at that time but they would do everything they could to buy an internet pack it's different in this here we just connect but there you have to connect to a modem and and so on and so forth right, but right. Um, I, I did teach myself how to code and I built this application for my university 
And I knew that if I could just share that with the world, I would be able to get a scholarship somewhere. So I started to apply all over the world. Um, I think there are very few continents that I didn't touch. Um, (laughs) Because I just knew, I just had this deep belief that um, there was somebody out there who could help me to finance my education. And education, I truly believe, is is a gateway to success. Absolutely. Yeah, everywhere. I finally got into Tufts University. I got a full ride into Tufts. And so I came over to the U.S. and got my master's in computer science. Uh, After my master's, I, you know, I think I've always been very, uh, a big visionary, always wanted to do things that are bigger than myself. (laughs) So I I set my sights on working at Google, Microsoft, Amazon, or Facebook. Um, It's a lot of work to get into one of those companies. I had to do a bunch of side projects. I had, there was like a textbook that was this fat and I had to learn all of that above and beyond my master's. So I got into Microsoft finally. But I, I started to realize that that's not what I was made to be. That's not what I wanted. Um, again, just being very visionary and somebody who really enjoys making an impact on the world. I felt like I was spending a lot of my time just doing things that weren't really changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my commute was an hour and a half one way. I was like, oh, all this this really long commute just to move buttons around. I wasn't feeling fulfilled at all. Um, I'd always been entrepreneurial right from home in Nigeria. I was always doing one thing or the other. Um, even when I, working at, while I was working at Microsoft, I had like side hustles. I tried to build a dating app, which didn't quite work well. I should have- <laughs> That's another interview maybe sometime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So always been entrepreneurial. And when I decided that I wanted to do something different, um, again, my my kids were much younger then too. So I really needed flexibility. My husband's a physician, so he's very busy. Um, So I really needed flexibility. I really needed time. And I wanted to be in control of my destiny. And that was the biggest piece for me. So I decided that I really like coding because that really, that changed my life dramatically. And I've always been somebody about, somebody that wants to pay things forward, somebody that cares about impact. And so when I thought about, you know, coding and the desire to make an impact, and for those who know me, they know that I'm just a big kid on the inside. So I love working with kids because you can be silly and nobody cares. Um. <laughs> well, I, we'll get to your your business in a, in a second. I, I just want to interject because we used to, I, I shared this with you off camera that, um, uh, my son somehow over over the years when he was in his probably teens or just before mm-hmm. his teen, we would buy him books to te- try to teach him or get him uh, uh, interested in coding. Right. I had no idea back then, you know, right. how how big of an impact that that would have, how important a position computer science. He's a he's a he's a um, computer engineer. And so how dynamic a field that that mm-hmm. is. And, and now how, how important it is what you're doing for kids uh, to, to, get them, to get them excited about, uh, yeah. about the engineering professions and, and coding specifically. I mean, I think that's going to drive the world. And uh, so now I'll let you, you kind of transition into, into you know, what, what, was your, your, what were your thoughts that you're, you're entrepreneurial, but 
uh, you know, franchising? Why didn't you set up your own little software company? So yeah. tell me more about that transition out of a, uh, an employee mindset into business ownership. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, the, one of the big things was I really wanted control of my destiny. And I was I was tired, especially as a young mom. I was tired of uh, being in the software engineering world, having a manager who just doesn't understand, you know, that you cannot be at work all the time. I can't live at work. I have kids. Kids will interrupt me all and all of that. And there was an SBA um there was a program that the SBA was putting on about business ownership and how, you know, that could be freeing and, and how small business, um, small business ownership allowed people to take charge of their destinies and all the things that I really wanted. And so that's when I started to think about, you know, small business ownership versus, you know, having like a software company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started to research franchises. So my husband suggested 7-Eleven. Um, so that's kind of what took me to franchising. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So I started, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about franchising. He just said 7-Eleven. And so I went to Google 7-Eleven and then I started to understand, oh, this is a franchise and this is what a franchise is. Um, I looked at some coding franchises at that time, but, you know, true entrepreneur, I'm like, eh. I'm gonna do my <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see you in a franchise system, but personally, I, I can't imagine you in the inside as a franchise. Yeah, I think that would have been a, a nightmare uh, <laughs> for the franchisor. So yeah, so that's that's I. So when I, I decided I was gonna do my own thing, I actually didn't think that I was gonna change. Um, start a franchise. My big dream at that time was that I would have five locations in Massachusetts over 10 years. Okay. okay. Uh, but as many people who have dabbled into entrepreneurship knows that sometimes life happens and life dictates, you know, the course that you take. Yep. Um, so my son was diagnosed to be on the spectrum. And I realized at that point that there was no way that I could expand on my own. But um, just having the dream, not wanting to give up on the dream, I was like, oh, wait, there is this franchising thing. Maybe I should look into that. And, you know, I looked into it. I was like, OK, it makes sense. I'm going to do it. Very and cool. I, I started. Very cool. So as I shared with you, one of the one of the uh, audiences for for my podcast are people like yourself that have a maybe have a dream or they feel they've got a really profitable business business that they want to make it into a franchise. So talk about um, uh, some of your maybe some of your initial challenges or, or challenges that you faced. And, um, you know, did you anticipate these? I'd be curious what you know, what you, what you uh, came, came up against in your early days. Okay. Uh, so for anyone thinking about turning their business into a franchise, do not go to Upwork to find your lawyer. That was the first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oops, oops. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I assumed, and it, you know, this is, sort of knowledge that you hear when you when you're in franchising world but a lot of people that start turn their businesses into franchise franchises don't know all these things before they start yeah and it all the assumption is always that starting your business is the same that process is the same as starting a franchise it's a whole completely um, different process. It's a whole different business. And so, you know, if I were to go back and do it all over, I think from the 
to do it right from the beginning, I would have gotten somebody who has deep expertise in franchising so that I set up my foundation right from from the get go. I'm so glad you said that because um, one one of the one of the um, I don't know missions, so to speak, that I that I am on now is is and I, I've got a collaboration of some some advisors and and we can we can help people from uh, from A to Z in, in getting their business, you know, seeing if it's profitable enough mm-hmm. and getting them set up with the right advisors, because um, there's just there's too many people out there right now that will take your money. Um, you have fifty thousand dollars. OK, we'll work up to that point. You have one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We'll work up to that point. And uh, and then they leave you in a lurch and you don't you still don't know how to get the market. And yeah. and so, yeah, this this group of associates that I have is uh, very, very much uh, working hard to, to press against mm. what's happening in the industry and change it. So um, so anyway, I don't want to I don't want to hijack the the interview because I want this to be about you. But I'm so glad that you that you shared uh, the importance of um of, of getting, you know, getting advice early, getting good advice and, and having this. It, it is worth it. And, and I think another part of the challenge, and this is what I faced, so that would be the second one is um, I completely underestimated how expensive mm-hmm. franchising would be. Yep. And so, because I started my business very much, um, what's the word? Um, everything was, I was doing a lot of things myself, you know, versus outsourcing it. Yeah. And so you think you can do the same with franchising, but it's just not, it's just not the case, yeah. right? Bootstrapping, I think is the word. I was yeah, that's to a great, yes, yes, absolutely. So you can bootstrap if you have a lot of money, but you just have to truly, truly understand how much money it actually takes. I remember they would say, I heard it takes a million dollars and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna show them how it's done. With, like, <laughs> well, I haven't ever heard that number, but it's a it's a lot more than than most a lot people. More than think. 10 grand. <laughs> a lot more than most people think. Yeah. Okay, so so let's switch gears because I this is a fun part. You know, you talk about working with kids. Uh, I think it would be fun to be around you on a regular <laughs> basis. So, um, but it would be fun, but it's, it's fun working with kids. Yeah. Uh, so, so tell me about some of the real highlights of your business, you know, some of the successes either, you know, with kids, success in the business, success with a franchisee, but tell me some of the highlights. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I can categorize that into, you know, success with the kids we we are putting together, you know, constantly updating our sales process um, and all of that. And so we were we were thinking it, it would be great to highlight um, a staff member who started with us as a child and is now a staff member. And in doing that, we started to realize, whoa, we have like five who started with us way back in 2017 and have grown old enough and are now teaching kids and so they all wrote blurbs about you know why they came back and it was so great to hear that for some of them they stayed you know it was a year some of them were just a few months but the impact that being at our centers made on them and the decisions that they're making for their lives is huge you know they the coaches that they worked with made such a difference for them um helped them to fall in love with coding and now they want to take that 
and pass that on to other kids and want to pursue a career in technology. That's just, it just warms my heart to, you know, to read that and to know that that's all I wanted when I started the business is to, to impact someone's life and to, to start to see that at this point um, is, is truly, truly uh, a blessing. So you're not you're not only teaching them a, a valued skill and maybe preparing them for for uh, later education, but you're instilling in them real 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 um, uh, characteristics of, of of good human beings. You know, yes. being good people yes. and the contribution. You know, having more of a purpose, which yes. is which is super exciting. I, I tell people there's, there's not a lot of businesses in franchising. I mean, you know, you could say it's a wit, not picking a window washing, but you could say it's a window washing franchise. Wow. It lets sunlight into my life. You know, you could, you could say that, but uh, that's a little bit of a stretch, but you know, your, your business has real purpose. Your, your, your franchise owners can, can, can really join you and, and have a, you know, not just the practical helping kids learn another skill set and something that could advance their careers, but but really instilling them qualities of, of good being a good human being. Being a good human being, yes. We we say that um, the kids need to learn how to use their coding superpowers for good, and that's something that we say every single day. Like the world would awesome. be a better place if we all took all the talents that we had and used it for good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we're talking about a little bit about your franchisees joining your passions. T tell me again, we have uh, we have consultants, brokers, consultants on the program or, or watching the program that are looking for brands for their clients. Uh, we have buyers of franchises sometimes on our program looking for, you know, something that they could really be a part of. So tell us who you're looking for. Tell us what your 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 franchisees look like. All right. So um, I know I don't think we mentioned this um, earlier, but we are we're the definition of an emerging brand. So we have um, 25. I want to say I've lost count. I think 25 units sold. <laughs> <laughs> and we're uh, there's 10 that are currently open. And so at this stage, we're looking for people who are who have an entrepreneurial drive, maybe not as entrepreneurial as me, just <laughs> but, but <laughs> you know, somebody who who is entrepreneurial because at this stage we are all building the brand together. Um, so somebody who has that drive, someone who is performance driven, we share all our numbers with everyone, and we encourage encourage um, competition cooperative competition. Yeah, um, so somebody who is driven by that, you're goal oriented and somebody who sees impact on their community as part of their ROI. It's, it's, it's a huge part of why people do what they do um, in the CodeWiz world. And lastly, someone who really wants to be out and about in their community. You're comfortable being out and about. And if you're not comfortable, you're willing to push back past that discomfort and be out and about in your community um, to grow your business because that's the that's the most cost effective way of growing the business in our world. So those yep. are what we're looking for. Yep, and I and I do work with emerging brand owners and founders a lot of times, like yourself. And and I tell them, you know, their first half a dozen, your first ten uh, franchisees have to be as passionate about the business as you, the owners, are because yep. they're your initial validation. They're they're your brand ambassadors, if you want to call them that. So 
yeah. thanks for validating that. I think that's a, that's a really, really good point. Um, uh, second to last question, almost the last question, <laughs> second to last question. Um, were there any surprises along the way, you know, good surprises or bad surprises, but just curious if there were any surprises along this, uh, this journey, this franchising journey. Okay. I would, I'll give two. Um, there's a really good surprise and there's one that I had to make an adjustment. So I wouldn't say it's bad, but I had to make an adjustment. Okay. Um, <laughs> the good one, um, was that, you know, when I started this, it was just me. Uh, my sister works with Kudriz now, but she was, you know, she's been there from the beginning and she's my sister. She had to help. Um, she didn't <laughs> <laughs> I did that with my kids. Come on, you're coming along. You're doing this. Yeah, <laughs> you like it or not. <laughs> but but finding people, team members, that are just as passionate about seeing the brand grow and helping you take that vision and bring it to life was a pleasant surprise. I, I always thought that you know I you would have to be able, you would have to pay people so much money or you know give them something, but there are people that just align with your vision and they just want to see it grow and succeed. And, you know, you, you really can't grow an emerging brand without people like that. So that was, that was a huge uh, pleasant surprise uh, for me. Um, the other surprise that I had to make an adjustment on was that everybody is not me. You know, I think I'm the crazy one. Everybody else is normal. But when I, when I started, I think I made the assumption that, all right, I just need to give you the system, tell you what to do, and they're just going to go and do it and get it done. Yep. But that did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> that did not happen. And I was like, okay, so coaching is involved. You know, you have to, you have to coach your franchisees. Don't assume that they know as much as you do. Yeah. And don't assume, don't, don't assume that they would be as driven as you are. This is, this is, I had to tell myself, this is my baby, my third child. Um, and the expectation that, yes, you're super passionate and want to make it happen, but there is still some, some guidance that is needed, um, some coaching to help them be as successful as they can be. Yeah, so that's really an adjustment for me. Yep. Yep. I always said as a, I was a master franchisee for a brand and, and, um, I, you know, there were people that I thought would be fantastic uh, in the in the evaluation process, in the sales process. And um, some of them were. And boy, some of them just surprised me in a bad way. And then there were other ones. You know, there were other ones I did like, uh, you know, I can't award this person a franchise, but they were so uh, they so much wanted to do it and they were great at it. Yeah. And so it's hard in that evaluation process to do that. But I think I think the add-on coaching as uh, and you're you're obviously by the things you're doing you're you're a good leader if you're uh, if you're instilling in them the the passion and the drive and the pay it forward you know you're you're a good leader and um, and that's yeah that's hard to find okay this is absolutely the last question because <laughs> um, I and I always ask this question um, is there anything that we haven't talked about or mm. anything I haven't asked. Um, again, remember you, you've got a captive audience here of potential franchise partners, uh, consultants, brokers, or, or, or people like yourself thinking of, or have already started their brand, anything that you want to share, anything that you'd want to leave with them, be sure that people heard before we wrapped up. Oh man, 
How many minutes do I have? <laughs> You're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that's a toughie. Um, I, I think I think I would say that for for everyone, and I guess if, particularly to people like me who are who have their business and thinking about franchising, and then people who are looking into franchising, and I guess okay, even even to the brokers who are considering candidates for different brands, I think that understanding people's knowing your why. And understanding people's why is very critical. Um, Having a solid why for doing what you're doing will get you through whatever tough times will inevitably, inevitably come. Um, I remember during COVID, I was just ready to throw in the towel because it was just Mm -hmm. way too much. But my why is so strong, my why of impacting kids and changing the world. And so when parents started started to tell us, thank you so much for doing this. This is the only constant in the kids' lives. This is all that's keeping them going. That was what was getting me out of bed every morning to keep fighting for for the business. So as people are looking at different business options, as you're thinking about potentially franchising or evaluating candidates for different brands, I think understanding the why is really important and making sure that there's a strong why, because that why will help you to align with whatever business you choose. And that's what's going to help you be successful ultimately. And that you're, you hit the nail on the head. It is absolutely the way we get through the challenges if you know what your why is, if you yeah. don't have a strong why, you're not going to get through those. Yeah. So, exactly. all right, this is a wrap. I loved it. Thank you, Ruth. I love your brand. Folks that are watching codewidsfranchise.com, you got to check it out. Thanks, Ruth. Yeah.